The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. In what many consider to be the biggest and best rivalry in sports, our beloved were visited by the Green Bay Packers, looking to bury the pack in a 1-3 hole and take control of the division. Could the Bears take a big leap forward, or have they now taken a few steps back? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 4 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. Lord, help me as I dream to dream of what might have been after uh, after another disastrous Bears-Packer matchup for us, the loyal, the ever-loyal Chicago Bear fan. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back, the week four review episode of the Chicago Bears review, talking about this debacle that took place on our own soil on Sunday afternoon. The Bears' 38-17 to 17 loss to the Green Bay Packers. And, uh, you know, you, you usually hear this about closer scores. You know, uh, let's just say it was 21-17. Uh, to 17. Uh, The game wasn't as close as the score would indicate kind of thing. Well, the game was closer than the 38-17 to 17 score would, uh, would indicate to you. A 21-point victory. Uh, for the Green Bay Packers and the Bears are somehow 0-2 at home, but a perfect 2-0 on the road. So I guess the good news there would be that the next uh, three out of our four next games are on the road. So maybe we can win a few before the bye. I mean, you know, I mean, we do have the Dolphins coming to Chicago. And when's the last time we beat the Dolphins in Chicago? It's It's been a while. So, uh, you know, what we got Carolina, Atlanta on the road, back-to-back road trips, and then we are home for the Dolphins, and then we end the first half of the season with the New England Patriots in Foxborough before our bye week, then our return trip to face the Green Bay Packers, this time on Sunday Night Football at Lambeau. So that's the stretch of the next six weeks for the Bears. Five games and a bye, four road trips in the next five games, but... uh, you know we're two and zero on the road, so maybe that will work out for us while we try and figure out how to win football games within the confine of Soldier Field. So, plenty to talk about this evening. Although I honestly don't really feel like it. It's just it's it's so frustrating. Um, it it had to be Green Bay, right? It had to be that team in the division that we just can't shake no matter what i mean with uh, ever since Favre came around we've been poisoned by the packers we just cannot beat them and and the most frustrating part and uh, actually i'm going to save that comment because you'll hear me say it in the uh, fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction uh it's the longest of the four knee-jerk reactions in there and it's uh 
somewhat entertaining, I guess, to hear the the optimism and excitement after the first quarter and then kind of like the, oh, well, you know, we're behind, but it's not that bad at halftime. And then the third quarter, it's like, eh. And then the fourth quarter is like, <laughs> kind of thing. So we'll uh, I'll let you guys enjoy the splendor that is the knee-jerk reactions for this week's game. Uh, so what do you say we go ahead and dive right into the review segment, Bears-Packers on Sunday at Soldier Field. reaction to the Bears and the Packers after one quarter and it's been all offense for both teams. Uh, the Bears starting off the game with like a nine minute drive just drove and did a lot of running of the football actually it, it helps that we're facing the 30th ranked brush defense in the NFL. Matt Forte basically running downhill almost every time he touched the ball. Of course on third and one he gets stopped for a one yard loss. That that actually happened but instead uh, Jay Cutler fumbles the ball on fourth down and then runs for 20 yards and then gets a personal foul penalty on top of it so it kind of looks like it's 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 been our day so far on offense uh, on defense however after an eight and a half minute uh, drive uh, Aaron Rodgers took six plays and two minutes to drive 81 yards down the field to basically steal the momentum from the Bears uh, after pounding it down Green Bay's throat it was all passes to get them down to the two-yard line, and Eddie Lacy finishes it off. However, uh, the Bears have driven it back down inside the one, I think, is where we're at right now. As we start the second quarter, tied at seven, but uh, looks like, uh, at the very least, it's going to be a shootout all day today. And that continued to be my belief going into the second quarter, but, you know, you really couldn't have asked for a better opening drive because it did all the things that you want the Bears to do on offense. It we ran the ball, we ran the ball well, as opposed to what we did the first three weeks. I don't really know what you would call what we were trying to do when handing the football off to Matt Forte. But we ran the ball well. We were moving the chains, keeping the clock going. We were passing in, in certain situations. We were, you know, getting first downs. It was fantastic. Eight and a half minutes we kept Aaron Rodgers and that Packer offense off of the field only to have them come down five pass plays they're at our two-yard line play number six eddie lacy crosses the goal line a grand total of two minutes 22 seconds taken off the clock and like i said the momentum stolen back uh from the bears to uh the packers but it did kind of set the shootout in motion and in the second quarter that's what we got. I mean, it really did look like it was going to be like one of those games of Madden that you play with your buddy where every time you get the ball, somebody scores, and the guy who wins the game is the one who has the ball last. So, uh, But it um, didn't quite go our way, even though we were able to score almost every time we touched the ball. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Packers in the second quarter, and it is all offense, no defense so far, especially on our side of the ball. We just, uh, you know, on our side as, the, as far as defense goes, Aaron Rodgers and companies had the ball three times. They've had three touchdown drives, and they're leading this thing 21-17. to 17. Very interesting ending to the first half as, uh, you know, the Bears' offense 
offense basically desperate to try to get one on the board because Green Bay starts with the football in the second half, and they have moved it on our defense like the defense wasn't even out there. So we've had to get one on the board just to offset what Green Bay is going to be able to do uh, after this after the half. And Martellus Bennett, three big catches on that final drive, and uh, he caught a pass right at the one-yard line and was kind of spinning into... This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The end zone, but couldn't quite get the ball. They just actually uh, got done reviewing it, and the the call stands. It was called as basically him being down at the one-yard line. That's how it stands. The Bears down 21-17 to at the half, and... uh, the shootout is in is in progress, and we'll see if we can uh, duke it out with them uh, in the second half. It was one. It was a very odd final play of the first half. Uh, Jay throws a pass to Martellus Bennett, uh, who, like I said, catches the football just in front of the goal line. He's being dragged by like three defenders trying to get him away from the goal line. He spins around and lunges, you know, reaches to put the ball over the goal line. Now, it if you look at the replay, it you can't tell if the ball broke the plane, but it you you know, we're sitting there looking at it only you weren't able to see because on both sides of the goal line there was a packer blocking the view of the ball. So there was no way to tell conclusively if Martellus was able to get the ball over the goal line for it to stand as a touchdown uh, or for it to be reversed and called a touchdown. Instead, the the referees marked it as being down inside the one-yard line. The Bears were out of timeouts, and the clock runs out, and that's how the first half ends. I mean, we we would have had crazy momentum going into the half because the Packers scored with like a minute, you know, 103 to go in the first quarter, or excuse me, in the first half, and the Bears, boom, 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 driving down the field, were able to get it to the goal line in that 63 seconds, but weren't able to, uh, you know, get it over the goal line to finish the deal. So, uh, you know, the Bears had four possessions, 
two touchdowns and a field goal, and time expired on the last one. And Green Bay had the ball three times, three touchdown drives, giving them the 21-17 to uh, halftime lead. Now, the one big controversial thing that happened in the second quarter was the surprise onside kick that the Bears pulled off. Now, Mark Tressman looks like a fool only because it didn't work, okay? He has my absolute 100% endorsement. My support is actually the word I was looking for with that call. Or if it was Joe DeCamillis and Trestman had to give the thumbs up to go ahead with it, uh, you know, Camillus, DeCamillis being our special teams coordinator. But it was the right call. It was absolutely the right call, especially since it was obvious Green Bay did not see it coming. Uh, it was just one of those things. And, again, this is the comment I'm going to save for after the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction in a few seconds about the way the ball bounces in these Green Bay games. But if if the way that the onside kick is supposed to go is there are two waves of guys. The first wave is basically supposed to t- attack the frontline guys, and then the second wave is supposed to basically clean up and go after the ball. The thing about it is the ball, it was a great kick, could have helped if it was a little higher. Even Robbie Gold admitted that he wished that he got it in a little higher. But other than that, it was it was a I mean, we've seen Robbie Gold do onside kicks in the past and they were just like seriously, he's a professional and this is what they look like. That's how bad his onside kicks are. Yesterday it was actually a really good, really good online uh excuse me, onside kick that actually gave the Bears a chance to recover it. If the the up uh, you know, the the first wave of guys, if any of them were paying attention to where the ball actually was one of them, like it hit one guy like right in the breadbasket, but he's looking forward to try to clear the way for the guys behind him to come and recover the ball so he doesn't realize it. He was past the 10 yards. He basically could have caught the ball uh, the way that it basically just bounced right into his, uh, into his lap, but instead he's trying to take out defenders, and we still had a shot at it, but Green Bay was able uh, to recover it, and it did give Green Bay better field position but it was it was a matter of only 19 yards, as Mark Tressman uh, stated. Instead of uh, you know a touchback, putting Green Bay at the 20, the onside kick, and because it was able to travel a little bit of a distance, started Green Bay at their own 39-yard line. So 19 yards didn't really make that much of a difference, especially considering the way Green Bay was moving uh, the football. But it was absolutely the right move. I mean, people say that it was stupid only because it didn't work. If it did work, Tressman's a genius with the biggest, largest testicles on the planet, you know. But instead, because it went wrong, he's a fool and it's an idiot. You know, he's an idiot. Why would you take that chance? Why would you give the Green Bay Packers free yardage? Uh, you know, who was giving the Green Bay Packers free yardage? Mel Tucker, because he stuck with the same defensive scheme, even though from moment one, it was obvious that it wasn't working. So, D. Camillus and Tressman, 100% my full support because if you kiddies remember, what did Uncle Larry say during the preview episode? We needed to find a way to steal a possession from the uh, Packers, whether it was steal a touchdown, steal a possession, whatever, with the way that our offense was going, stealing a possession meant stealing points uh, from the Packers, and it was the right move at the right time. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out. 
I absolutely thought the the onside kick was a great call, a great move. It was almost perfectly executed. You know, if it had gone our way, like I said, Tressman would be the genius. Uh, you know, and what a what a gutsy call by Tressman. But instead, it didn't go well. Therefore, Tressman's an idiot. You know, the same thing you'd get for going for it on fourth down. You know, what an idiot. Why would you go for it on fourth down? It was like, but instead, if he gets it, oh, what a great call. The guy's a genius. What balls that guy's got. But, instead, you know, you know, you guys know how it works. So, anyway, I support the decision, even though it went against us with the way the defense was playing. That extra yardage didn't really make a difference. So, but um, we started the second half. You know, Green Bay comes out. We held them to a field goal, and then after that, Eh, that's kind of where things started to fall apart. A knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter of the Bears and the Packers, and the wheels are starting to come off here. Uh, we have uh, two possessions in the third quarter. Both were interceptions. Uh, the first was a deflection off of a defender into the open arms of Clay Matthews, who ran it back, and, of course, Green Bay turned that into a, a touchdown. Uh, they scored a field goal on their opening uh, possession, so it was a one-score game as the Bears were driving down the field before that turnover happened. And then, Jay, a miscommunication with Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall, uh, Jay threw it as though Brandon was going to do a was going to cut off his route to a to a comeback, and instead he throws it into the opening open arms of Sam Shield, who runs it all the way back to the Bear 11 yard line. The Bears appear to have hold held firm there. Uh, we just stopped them on third down, so looks like Green Bay will be starting the fourth quarter with a field goal attempt as they're up 34 to 17 with one quarter left to go. <laughs> It was actually 31-17. I guess I was mentally putting that field goal on the board, which, of course, we all know that field goal never took place uh, because the fourth quarter, that's where things really got bad. But anyway, in the third quarter, we're we're coming out on offense, and after Green Bay kicks its field goal to make it 24-17. So it's a one-score game. It's manageable. We can get back in this thing. They weren't able to stop us. The, the clock stopped us in the first half, not the Green Bay defense. And we've got all this, uh, you know, this offensive momentum. The defense hasn't figured out how to stop us yet. And uh, so let's get the ball and let's move it down the field, which is exactly what Jay Cutler and company did. They moved the ball down the field. They were all the way down to about the, what, the 20, 25-yard line. Uh, the Bears are in the shotgun formation. Uh, he throws a quick slant route to Josh Morgan. Uh, instead, the defender, Traymond Williams, was sitting on the route. He sat on the route. He said that, you know, basically reading the keys, this is what he thought the Bears were going to do. He was able to get there before Josh Morgan was and knocked the ball into the air, lands into the open arms of uh, Clay Matthews, who rumbles down the field, uh, you know, with the interception. So not a good read on the part of Jay Cutler. So, you know, that that was, uh, you know, a mistake there. Coming back the second time around, the very next possession after the Packers make it a two-score game at 31-17, to you know, the play that was called, now that we've had all the press conferences and everything to, to go after, uh, the play that was called was for Brandon Marshall to do an 18-yard comeback or an 18-yard, uh, you know, button hook, basically. He was supposed to sit sit at 18 yards, and the ball was coming. That is what Jay Cutler thought he was doing. But instead, 
Brandon does a double move and turns it into a stop and go, and he's wide open down the field. Only Jay threw it to where he thought he was going to be instead of where he ended up, into the open arms of Sand Shields, who ran it back 60-plus yards to get into uh, the 10 or 11-yard line. And then, you know, the Bear, like I said, the Bears ended the quarter holding firm, and then in the fourth quarter, a bogus uh, holding penalty on Josh ba- uh, John Bostic. It gives the backers an automatic first down, and I think on the very next play, they scored the touchdown to make it 38 to 17 uh, in the uh, fourth quarter. But uh, I was on the uh, as you uh, if you if you've seen the the segment is up on the on the website. It's also should be up on iTunes by now. Uh, Doug Wagner on the WMT Morning Show asked me this morning, uh, you know, was it, uh, you know, we got, he said that we got a glimpse of bad Jay Cutler. You know, what's the story with Jay Cutler? And I said, it's, I would say that it was more bad luck Jay Cutler than it was bad Jay Cutler. And, you know, obviously Jay made the wrong decision or made the wrong read on the first interception, but it was bad luck that the ball bounced the way that it did into an open arm, into the open arms of Clay Matthews. Bad luck on Jay's part, a miscommunication between him and Brandon Marshall because the throw would have been there if Brandon stops the route. Now, it's, I'm not going to point fingers. There was a miscommunication here. Let them argue amongst themselves on you know who made the mistake. But you know it goes against Jay because it was an interception and it looked bad because there wasn't a receiver in the neighborhood of where the ball landed when Sam Shields picked it off. So, you know, it was uh, one of those things, like I think it was more bad luck on Jay's part than it was bad play uh, altogether uh, in, the, in the third quarter uh, anyway. So uh, that's just my take on, on the third quarter and, and the, the turnovers, but that's basically how the Green Bay Packers won the game. They won it in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, it was just about uh, finishing things off, but uh, I had some uh, opinions that I wanted to share after the fourth quarter as you will hear right now. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Packers, and it's all over. Uh, The Bears did not score a single point in the second half. Um, You know, it was the turnovers that that turned this thing on a dime. And and also uh, what really helped out was that the uh, apparently the referees put down big money on Green Bay because just about every call that they made went in Green Bay's fashion. Now, the Bears did get a couple of calls, but just about everything that could have some kind of an impact went against the Bears and for Green Bay. And, you know, it's it's just so frustrating, so frustrating that it, you know, Take, taking nothing away from from how Green Bay played on offense because we couldn't stop them for anything, but it just it just it barely ever feels like Green Bay beats the Bears straight up. There's always something. There's always something where whether it's a call or you know some funny bounce like the first pick that Jay threw deflected off of one defender into the open arms of Clay Matthews before he goes running uh, you know barreling down the field uh, and so on. It it always seems to happen. There's something in there that happens where the football guys just kind of give the shove in Green Bay's direction. So it's just uh, you know maybe it's sour grapes, but that's the way it always feels. It very rarely feels like Green Bay ever beats the Bears 
straight up. They can always attribute it to getting some kind of call or some kind of bounce going their way. And when the Bears do it, they have to it's some kind of Herculean effort that they have to do whenever they beat the Packers. So the good news is we get a stab at Green Bay again in five weeks on uh, on Sunday Night Football. Six weeks, I think, actually, week 10. But uh, we dropped this one 38-17. We're still 2-2, two and two, but we got the next two games on the road. So there it was. And, and maybe it is sour grapes. I'll be the first to admit that uh, it angers me like you would not believe not so much that we lose to Green Bay, but it, more so how we lose to Green Bay. Like I said, it, it very rarely feels like Green Bay beats us straight up. Like they just come out, they're the better team, boom, they get the victory. That's you know, And that's all that can be said. They were just better than us today, that kind of thing. It, it, it always happens in a way, uh, and maybe it is sour grapes, but it always kind of happens in a way where you can never really admit to any dickhead Packer fans that you know, yeah, you guys beat us. That that was, uh, you know, it happened a couple years ago when the Bears played that Christmas night game uh, in 2011. They whooped, they, they whooped us that night. I mean, there was no denying that whatsoever. Uh, another example of, of Green Bay beating us straight up was Week 17 in 2010. If we beat them, we keep them out of the playoffs. They have to win to get in, and they actually – you know, it was a 10-3 to amazing game. I loved that game. It was awesome. The only thing, you know, bad about it, obviously, was that we didn't win. But it was just one of those games where, yeah, they beat us. That, you know, they, they beat us and uh, they deserve to be in the playoffs kind of thing. But think back to our first meeting with them on, in 2012. Thursday night game, they get, uh, you know, the, like a fake field goal uh, going. Uh, they got the uh, some... It was a it was a bogus bogus call, twelve men on the field, uh, kind of thing. It ended up extending a drive that they turned into another, you know, scoring opportunity, you know. And don't even get me started last year with the uh, with the, with week seventeen, where uh, you know we get a sack on Rodgers and no one decides to pick up the ball, and you know just so happens you know Green Bay receiver was literally walking by the football decided to pick it up and all of a sudden noticed that nobody's blown a whistle so i'll just run into the end zone untouched for a touchdown those things always happen in the bear packer games and it, you know it, like i said it, it always happens in a way where you can where you you, you just don't feel like you can give the packers 100 percent credit for beating us you know obviously they won they, you know, they scored more points. They took advantage of the mistakes that we made. But when you look at the mistakes, it's, uh, you know, the, the way the ball bounced in the air for Clay Matthews to, to pick it off. Uh, that play that, that Rodgers made uh, yesterday in the second quarter, he's running all over the pocket. We can't seem to catch him when we finally do. As Lamar Houston is caving in his ribs, he heaves one up to land perfectly in the open arms of receiver for a touchdown thankfully there was a holding penalty so it got called back but those are the kinds of things that always happen if jay's under pressure and he's dodging the pressure in the pocket and he gets it off just as he gets hit there are four packers waiting to catch the ball with not one bear receiver in sight 
But if it happens to the Packers, Aaron Rodgers finds a wide receiver in stride in the back of the end zone for the touchdown. It's just the kind of thing that's like, really? Really? Every time. Every time. You know, it's just that you just don't feel like it's. And like I said, admittedly, this might be sour grapes. You know, just not wanting to admit defeat to our biggest rival. But it just feels that way. That whenever Green Bay wins the game, more times than not, you can make a valid argument that, well, you know, if this didn't happen or if this bogus call didn't take place or this garbage thing, you know, that, you know, always with the lucky bounces with Green Bay. And Green Bay Packer fans would obviously be like, yeah, well, we'll take it. I was like, obviously you would. And you'd be saying the same thing to me if it happened to you. You would not be sitting here congratulating me on a well-fought victory if, you know, if, you know, Clay Matthews sacks Jay Cutler and the ball rolls 10 yards forward and Brandon Marshall picks it up and walks it into the end zone because there's no whistle blown. You'd be telling me that we were the luckiest team on the planet. We got a free touchdown uh, from your defense. So you can't sit there and say that you wouldn't feel the same way if it had happened to you. So, you know, that's just the thing. Why does it have to be Green Bay? Why couldn't it be Minnesota or even Detroit? I mean, honestly, even though you guys know how I feel about the Lions, that had more to do with Jim Schwartz and the way that he was a cocky bastard more than disliking the Lions more than anybody else. You know, it's just it's just frustrating for it to always you know, to seem for it to seem like it always happens that way. You you know, very rarely can I just sit here and be like, you know what? They beat the tar out of us. We obviously did not come to play. And, you know, top to bottom, they're the better team. Congrats to them. I can do that. I absolutely can. You guys have heard me do that on this show. And you guys know that I'm no Jay Cutler apologist. I will pounce on Jay just as much, if not more, than some people when he screws up but it was the damn packer game and that also is what makes it worse because it was the packers because he's only beaten them one time in 10 tries now it doesn't matter that the ball bounced a funny way it doesn't matter that it was miscommunication which was most likely not his fault uh you know on that brandon marshall uh interception but it's because he threw the ball and somebody that wasn't a bear caught it. That's all that matters. So people want to get rid of Jay Cutler because he can't beat the Packers. And it's not, it hasn't always been his fault. He's just been the one that uh, has paid for the mistakes. Uh, you know, all those years that he was, you know, we were trying to beat Green Bay when they had the number one defense in the league and they're, you know, getting 60 sacks in a season and they get 10 of them against the Bears. And because Jay's running for his life, throwing off his back foot, he's, you know, got the interceptions and things like that. So it's just, um, like I said, it's frustrating that it keeps happening uh, that way, that, uh, you know, you can never walk away from a Packer game uh, lately anyway you can't just walk away from a Packer game thinking like you know what they were better than us today and that's just all there is to it there's always some funny thing that will happen that you'll be like dude what the hell is it with the Packers we just can't catch a break against these guys you know they get all the breaks and you know admittedly and I even mentioned it in the fourth quarter knee jerk reaction being emotional and upset like I was that uh 
you know, some funny calls did go against Green Bay early on. It didn't have that big of an impact as far as the game was concerned. But, uh, you know, that, that holding call on John Bostic was bogus, uh, extended the drive, and helped the, the Packers put the nail uh, in the coffin. Uh, it just it's, – it's frustrating. It's frustrating. So hopefully we can reverse that fortune in a few weeks when we see him again on Sunday Night Football. But uh, we'll, have to, uh, we'll have to wait on that one. So as it went down on Sunday – it went against us. We lose 38-17. to 17. We fall to 2-2, two and two, so the season's not over or anything like that. But, uh, you know, we'd, it would have been a lot better if we were sitting pretty uh, at 3-1. and one. So that's going to do it for the review segment of uh, the Bears and the Packers at Soldier Field on Sunday. Now let's move on to everybody's favorite segment and close this thing out with Bear Up, Bear Down. All right, bear up and bear down to close out the week four review episode of the Chicago Bears review. And uh, it's a, uh, a short list on both sides of the ball uh, or both sides, both categories, I guess you could say. But honestly, it's it's um, because I'm, I'm kind of grouping these things to into one common factor. And uh, we'll uh, we'll start on the negative side, uh, bear down to. Ah, you know what? I don't think I really want to do this because he didn't—he didn't necessarily play a bad game. I got Jay Cutler on the list for Bear Down. I know that some of you would agree with me. There are even some of you out there saying we need to get rid of Jay Cutler. You guys need to get off that bandwagon. Who are we gonna get? Who's out there that we should have? And don't say Josh McCown because you see how he's doing down at Tampa Bay. He's already lost his job down there. So don't start with Josh McCown. Um, anyway, I, I gave him a Bear Down. Um, I guess more so for like the decision that caused the interception in the third quarter. That's kind of got what things what got things rolling. Um, you know that that turnover put the you know we're driving to tie the game, and the next thing you know, it was a seven point swing uh, instead of being well, actually it was a fourteen point swing instead of being tied at twenty four. Now we're down by fourteen, so it was a fourteen point swing caused by that interception. And uh, that was really the beginning of the end uh, right there. So uh, bear down for the decision that caused that interception uh, for Jay Cutler. Uh, on the positive side, bear up to Martellus Bennett, a career high uh, in receiving yards uh, yesterday afternoon. Martellus, nine catches, 134 yards uh, yesterday. No touchdowns, however. Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall, who combined for six catches and 58 yards yesterday had the two uh offensive touchdowns uh for the bears and uh you know but martellus was all over the place including uh those three big catches that uh, almost scored the touchdown just before uh the half uh bear up to matt forte uh 122 yards on 23 carries a 5.3 yard average also had five catches for 49 yards out of the backfield. So overall, he had 171 yards of total offense, you know, very similar to the performance he had against Buffalo where he had just about around the same amount of 
uh, yards uh, as well. Uh, looked fantastic uh, running the football. Big chunks of yardage, uh, you know, throughout the football game. Uh, looked very, very good yesterday. Unfortunately, he never made it into the end zone yesterday uh, either. Uh, bear up to the rookie, Kadeem Carey. 14 carries, 72 yards, so over five yards a carry uh, for the rookie uh, as well. They started using him more. Facing that 30th-ranked defense uh, was helpful throughout the game. Uh, he did manage to get about half of those yards in the fourth quarter after the Bears decided to get Jay out of there, uh, Jay and Matt Forte to kind of uh, you know rest the starters uh, for the last portion of the uh, fourth quarter. But uh, five yards of carry in your first, you know, extended duty uh, is impressive. So hopefully we'll see more of that because Carolina, who the team that we play on this Sunday, has uh, is the 27th ranked rush defense uh, in the NFL. So maybe this is something we can do and get the ball rolling uh, on the on the running with with running the uh, football. Uh, and then finally on the bear upside, I want to give a bear up to the offensive line. Uh, they've been taking a beating from me and just about everybody else when it comes to their run blocking, and they were very, very, they were good, very good, fantastic uh, in the run game yesterday. A total of 235 yards rushing yesterday. 41 rushing attempts, 5.7 yards a carry for Forte and um, Kadeem Carey. Uh, Jay Cutler had a couple of runs, and even Alshon Jeffrey was able to get 12 yards on that reverse that we run with him that almost never gets anything. So uh, a very good job from the offensive line uh, yesterday to uh, to help out uh, the running game. Now, bear down. This will be the last one. Bear down to Mel Tucker. And I know the players have had something to do with it, but – you're the one calling the plays, bro. It's you. The the scheme that you've that you're using isn't working and we've been watching it fail every single game, including the preseason. Every single game the Bears have played in, we've had the same weakness, the exact same one, over and over and over again. The same portion of the field that that section behind the linebacker in front of the safety, has always been wide open. Now, so far in the regular season, we've been able to kind of get away with it because we haven't played anyone with the quarterback or the offensive firepower to really make us pay for it. Yesterday we did. We played against, depending on who you talk to, the best quarterback in the NFL, and he had the horses in the receiving game to make us pay and pay dearly for just sitting there. Because the, the, the idea that Mel Tucker had yesterday was that we were going to challenge Aaron Rodgers. We were going to sit back in coverage. We were only going to rush our front four, and the rest of our secondary and our linebackers were going to sit back in coverage and blanket the field. Instead, Mike McCarthy and um Aaron Rodgers called our bluff basically we they did they they were privy to the challenge they were up for it and every time that uh, they backed to uh, you know went back to throw we were only rushing our front four uh, the rest of the guys the was seven were sitting in, the, in in sitting back in coverage and every single time they were able to find the hole 
in the zone. And not only did they find the hole, they found a wide open hole. Because it didn't so much bother me that Aaron Rodgers was completing passes because that's what Aaron Rodgers does. That's why he's in the discussion about being one of the best quarterbacks in the league. What bothered me was that whenever a wide receiver for the Packers caught the football, there was a five-yard radius surrounding him between him and the closest defender. So not only were they making catches for 10, 12 yards, if not more, he was running for another 10 or 12 yards before anybody even touched him. So, you know, it was that like they were just shoving it back in Mel Tucker's face. It's like, dude, if you want to sit back in coverage, we know exactly where to attack you every single time. So, I mean, not only is he one of the best, you know, does he have one of the best arms? Is he most accurate? He's also one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league, and he, f- he found, you know, where to exploit us every single time and made us pay dearly. And we never made the adjustment. That's the worst part. You would think after three touchdown drives in the first half that in, we'd go back in there at halftime and be like, all right, guys, we need to start blitzing this guy, play a little bit more man coverage, stay a little closer to your man. No, we went back out and did more of the same and paid for it even more. Now, obviously, the turnovers didn't help, but we never, ever changed course on what we were doing on the defensive side of the ball, even though we had zero success with it in the first half. And that falls all on you, Mel Tucker. You are the guy. You have autonomy on the defensive side of the ball. Because Mark Tresman is an offensive-minded guy, He's calling the plays on offense. You have the autonomy to do what you want on the defensive side of the ball, and you blew it huge yesterday. Okay, It's been a weakness that we've had from moment one of the preseason. In the Philadelphia Eagle game, we saw it. Against the Jaguars, we saw it. Against, <laughs> against Seattle, we saw it a lot because the starters played. And then again, you know, I don't really notice it against the Browns. I didn't really watch that game. But still, Buffalo comes out and does it all over us. San Francisco, you know, we got them. Uh, we got lucky with the turnover. Well, I don't want to say we got lucky, but, you know, Vernon Davis was getting – well, we got lucky because Vernon Davis got hurt. But, you know, they were hurting us in there. The Jets, when they got the big yardage, same thing. And then Green Bay made us really, really pay for it. So bear down to Mel Tucker – Right now, he's printing a one-way ticket out of town with the way that he's handling this defense. So, he, he, you know, we're a little banged up in the secondary, but he doesn't have the injuries to fall back on like he did last year. So it's all on him, and right now he's working his way out of Chicago. So anyway, that's going to do it for the Week 4 review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. We'll be back on Thursday to preview Week 5 and the Bears traveling down to Tobacco Land to take on the Carolina Panthers next Sunday. So until then, my name is Larry D. and this has been the Chicago Bears Review. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. 
If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.